0: Chapter 8 is a very quick chapter. I only review it as a standalone chapter because it introduces some very important characters, namely the children of the Rostov family. Over the novel, they go from children to battle and life-weary adults. So, as the guests of the Rostovs are at the name day celebration discussing their adult things, like town gossip, wealth, politics. All of a sudden, one of the grand doors opens that separated the children, and the kids come scampering in, busy little legs running across the floor. And they are led by Natasha Rostov, 13 years old and full of energy, the de facto leader of the youth contingent. Natasha was even holding a doll that was quite beaten up. It's one that she had for about five years. She's followed by Boris, and this is the Boris who is granted favor by the emperor to a position in the guards. He grew up in the Rostov family, though he is not a sibling. Also following suit was Sonia. She's described as 15 and a niece of Ilya Rostov. Ilya is the affable count who's hosting the affair. Then there is Nikolai, who's described as an undergraduate, meaning he's taking some type of schooling appropriate for that age in aristocratic society. The idea of reform and progressivism was impacting Russian society. Around this time, as in 1802, Tsar Alexander did appoint a minister of public education to reform the educational system. The minister divided the country into six educational districts, and a network of schools was established. Elementary, intermediate, secondary, as well as university. This extended the initial reforms of Catherine the Great, who was the ruler from 1762 to 1796. Tsar Alexander was her grandson. Educators were heavily influenced by the French, and the schooling reflected many of the ideals of Voltaire, Rousseau, Montesquieu, as well as their followers. The school system wanted to adopt the ideas of these thinkers, thinking it would lead to national progress. In relation to this material, I'm citing to Franklin Walker, who wrote Religion in Russian Education in the Reign of Tsar Alexander, which was published in 1982. One of the goals and impacts was to educate more people. To obtain this level of new schooling, you would have to be in a certain class, which the Rostovs would be. As to Nikolai, he would have a regal uniform to attend whatever school he was going to in. And the last member of the group is Little Petya, who's the youngest sibling of the Rostov family. He's a cute little boy running after the rest who everybody loves to death. Natasha ran right up to her father, who was so excited to see her, he gave her the biggest hug. He said, ah, there she is, my little pet, whose name day it is. His wife made some comments that he spoils her and the children should be with the children. Natasha paid little attention to those remarks and ran right over to her mother, laughing, playing around, ignoring the seriousness of the adults. She tells her mother that she found her old doll, nicknamed Minnie, laughing and laughing to the point the other visitors might have been annoyed at the kids. Her mother told her to run along and take that horrid object with her. The other kids were still full of excitement and glee, but they maintained their composure because they knew they were in front of all the big people. The back of the house, where they were before, was where all the fun was happening. Among the adults, it's the mindless chit-chat you would expect. We then get a pretty important description of Nikolai and Boris. We find out that they're exactly the same age, but they look quite different. The exact age isn't given. Boris was tall, fair, calm, with a handsome face and delicate features. Nikolai Rostov, on the other hand, was short, curly-haired, and he's described as having an open expression. He was also starting to develop an ever-so-slight mustache. There was something about Nikolai, though, a natural enthusiasm. Nikolai was also the type, once he was thrown into the room, with all the adults, he became embarrassed immediately and red-faced. He really couldn't find any words to express himself properly. Boris, however, was somewhat more mature for his age. He was able to relate to his elders and even humorously. He was telling people about the lifespan of that doll Mimi before the nose got broken off and lost all of its beauty, how the doll aged during five years that he remembered it, and how that doll received some type of crack right across the skull. While he was relaying this story, we get the indication that Natasha looks away from him and to her little brother, Petya. Natasha seemed to get flustered and then just ran out of the room, while Boris remained composed. Boris spoke to his mother, the Princess Drupitskaya, the elderly woman who lives with the Rostov family, and he says he's going to get the footman to order his mother a carriage. He then leaves the room, but going after Natasha, there's some type of relationship between them we can tell. After them followed the little plump boy, Petya. Through this introductory text, we can also see that there's a relationship with Sonia and Boris to the Rostov family that's very important. They're part of the family, but they're definitely not in the inner circle. In looking at the relevance of the doll Mimi to the story, it shows that these are children who on some level still play with a doll or remember the stories about a doll but they're definitely going to be moving on from that very soon through their adolescence. They will be forced to put childish things away. In this chapter, we also have highlighted the peace of War and Peace. A great life, a big household, merry children, extended family living there. A name day celebration for mother and daughter, both named Natasha. The type of stability they would be absolutely shocked to have upended at some point. And the story will take these children from doing something like playing with dolls and laughing and running around together to being scarred by the effects of war.